Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello there, and welcome to this very special episode of Down to Sleep, where you get to ask me anything. So, who exactly am I? How old am I? What do I look like? What are my favourite books? Who are my favourite characters in Twilight? And some more surprising questions. I did this for Patreon to celebrate 300 episodes over there, and I have no idea how it's going to do over here, but more content is good content, right? So maybe you can use this to get to sleep or to get to know me better and find out who I am and where else you can follow me up and find out more about me. If you're new here, please hit that subscribe button for more sleepy readings. And if you have any further questions, let me know in a comment. Maybe there'll be a part two. People on Patreon quite liked this one and asked for me to do more rambles in the future. If you'd like to hear me ramble about more things, I can only suggest that you let me know in a comment, but also check out my other channel where that's pretty much what I do for a living. Albeit with some usually relaxing video games on the screen at the same time. Okay, are we settled? Let's tuck you in. Take a nice deep breath for me. And let's get to know. Down to sleep. I will be allowing myself to be boring in this Q&A. I'm going to ramble, I'm going to say what comes to mind, and I'm going to continue to speak evenly and softly so that you can still use this episode to listen to to relax and to maybe drift off to sleep with whilst also learning a little bit extra about me. I hope that's okay. I've done Q&As before where I have to be very entertaining and there's a lot of editing involved and snappy, making things as quick as possible. And I just want to ramble to you. If I can't do that here, then I don't know where I can do it. So we'll see how we go. I have made some notes as well with the questions because there was a lot to get through. 140 people sent in responses and asking questions. So thank you for doing that. And hopefully I answer your question. Before we begin, I just want to say a massive, massive thank you for supporting this podcast. Whether you are on the Patreon, whether this ends up on YouTube and you're listening there, I'm not sure whether it's going to go up there or not. It's going to go on Patreon first, so thank you to everyone on Patreon uh, more than anything. This was to celebrate 300 episodes, and you're a massive, massive part of that. So thank you for supporting me and this podcast. I know it's not always perfect. I know I don't always read the book that you want, and I'm sorry. I'll get into that in this Q&A. But for those who stick with me, thank you. I do truly, truly appreciate it, and I'm always trying to get better and to get to the books that you want me to read, I promise. So, with that in mind, let's go ahead and tuck you in. Take a nice deep breath for me. And let's answer some questions while we get down to sleep. What's your name? What's your day job? And why did you start the podcast? So, you might see some people call me Morph or Mad Morph in comments because that's my creator name from my gaming channels where I play video games. You can find me on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitch with that name. It's M-A-D-M-O-R-P-H. 
where I talk about games, movies, and you can also see a half-masked face reveal on Insta if you want to. Um, but if you have some picture of me in your head that you've concocted that helps with the illusion and helps you get to sleep, then maybe you don't want to do that. It's totally up to you, but it's up there if you want to. And I play pretty chill video games on YouTube, and people say they fall asleep to those as well, so maybe that's something you want to check out too. I'll put all of my links in whatever post this goes up in, so you can find me and all of my stuff easily. I always kind of kept the two separate. I did let my community know when I started the podcast, and some of you came over and have been supporting since the first episode, which is amazing. Some of you are still here. That's crazy. Um... But more and more people have been recognizing me from the podcast. So on my TikTok occasionally, I'll get comments of people saying, are you the guy that reads Twilight to me every night? Are you the guy that does the Coraline reading that I use to sleep? Um, so I've started to reveal more and more and kind of cross those over. And now on the podcast, I'm showing who I am and where people can find me elsewhere. So that's who I am. And that's where it all began. I was a live streamer. I'm partnered on Twitch, which is a website, if you don't know, where people play video games on the internet and people watch. Think of a live show or a radio show, but with video games. And I would go live every night and do a live show for six hours or more. And I did that for many years. I've been on there for about 10 years now, so a very long time. During the course of this, people would often come into my room and they would say, you have a soothing voice, I always fall asleep when I'm watching you, things to that effect. Which I used to take quite badly because, of course, if you are trying to be a sort of a gamer or a YouTuber, you want to be entertaining, you want people to find you funny, and uh, falling asleep is perhaps not the desired effect. It always felt to me like people were calling me boring, um, but I learned to understand that it was something more than that, and embrace the kind of relaxing aura of it, that I didn't need to be a loud creator. I really embraced having an older and more mature audience that sometimes just wanted to hang out and chill and listen to me ramble on. Sometimes people would ask me to read poetry or books. A lot of people would say, read us a bedtime story. And I would laugh at it because I thought it was kind of a joke and it was like a funny way of saying, you have a nice voice. But I started to think, maybe I could. For fun, one Christmas, I read chapters of Harry Potter as many Christmases ago. And that went up on YouTube. And I'm lucky that I didn't get a copyright strike because I now know how fierce the Harry Potter team are in going after people who read their books. But nothing really came of it, so I kind of put the idea away for another year or two. I then did some live streams where I read The Hobbit with relaxing imagery and sounds in the background to see how that went. And again, I don't think that it was the wrong thing, but I think I was doing it in the wrong place. The reception wasn't quite what I wanted from that audience, um, so I started to think about maybe it should be a podcast or it should be on YouTube where people can access it whenever they want and they can use it when they're actually trying to sleep rather than for the four hours that I go live every night. So then I started the podcast, and the first episode was Alice in Wonderland on January 9th, 2021. 
So we are approaching the third anniversary really soon. I never thought that the podcast would get as big as it has, and it seems to be continuing to grow, which is also amazing. Um, I don't often think about quite how many people listen to the podcast or have listened to the podcast, because that can be overwhelming. And I'm used to occasional big numbers with the other stuff that I do. But when I think that the podcast has reached millions of people across different platforms, many millions, and I've read that many people a bedtime story, it's um, pretty crazy, but quite special as well. I feel good about that. So to answer the second part of this question, which came up a few times, which was, what is your day job? Do you do voice acting? Is it just a natural talent? My day job is making content. So I have the podcast, I have my gaming channels, and my only job used to be live streaming. That was all I did was the live streams and hanging out and putting on a show. I don't get to do it as much anymore because I'm so busy everywhere else, but I do hope to get back to it where I can just hang out live with people. I've kind of been... I might do some YouTube streams sometime, and I've even considered perhaps doing a live stream on the Down to Sleep YouTube channel at some point. I don't know whether it would be reading a book or just hanging out, but it is a possibility. When I get some time, again, I haven't actually managed to stream for some months now because I got sick and then things got really busy. Um, but I do hope to get back to it. I'm lucky that that is actually my full-time job, and it is a full-time job. I'm just always making videos and stuff. Um, I got into making things on TikTok before the pandemic, and TikTok got really big, so I was in a really good position when that happened. I talk about video games, and I recommend games that people should play, so that is my kind of main job, along with my gaming YouTube channel where I do cozy playthroughs that people seem to enjoy hanging out with and watching. And yeah, I'm very lucky. I've worked very, very hard for a very long time to make a success of any of these things. And honestly, none of it saw really any success until seven or eight years in, where I was really operating at a loss of trying to make it happen. But I kept experimenting and I kept working and finally stuff started to find an audience. So that's been really rewarding and a sign that you should never give up, but you should always try to experiment and innovate. I love getting to make content full time, but juggling so many of them can be really hard. But I will say that probably the podcast would be the last thing that I would ever pump the brakes on. If things ever got too much, I would probably scale back everything else before the podcast, because if anything, I want to do more here, and I want to give even more time, because it's really important to me. Everything that I create, even the gaming stuff, is about service. I really just want to be of use to people, and in any way, shape, or form that I can, make people's days better, cheer their day, make it a little easier, give them a little bit of escape, in whatever form it takes, recommending experiences, making comforting gaming videos, but nothing does that in as pure a form as reading someone a bedtime story, just helping them breathe and sleep. 
that's why it's genuinely so important to me, I think, to keep it going. And I think as long as people are listening, I will be reading. And also bless anyone who, because a few people did put, is it just natural talent? And bless you, because I am a Leo, and we do love an occasional ego stroke. And by occasional, I mean, give me all the compliments, thank you. I have no formal training in any of that stuff. I do consider my 10 years of live streaming and doing voices for characters in games and reading stuff as part of that, or just talking for six hours a day, um, to be training of some kind. My voice has absolutely changed over the years like an instrument. Even in the three years of doing this podcast, I've learned to breathe properly, to take gaps, to give space. Who knew that reading and speaking out loud could actually be difficult and something that you had to work on? When I first started, it was very hard. I would find myself pausing to breathe and I would be out of breath because I didn't know how to read out loud as well as I should, as well as I thought that I did. You think it's natural, but it's not. There's so much more to it. The biggest thing for me was learning how to breathe properly while doing it, and also learning to slow things down. Because for so many years of live streaming, and it being like a radio show, of course, the one thing you don't want to do is have silence. I personally don't have a webcam on for any of my content, so people can't see me, so they can't just stare at a face whilst other things are happening or reacting to it. I need to be talking constantly to keep them engaged. So I learned to constantly talk and to talk very fast. And the podcast has helped me slow my speech back down and get back to somewhere more natural and more in my natural voice. Although when I get excited or I am talking to someone, I, I do talk quite fast in real life. There was a question about, can we hear your normal voice? And there was a question about, do I use any processes or anything on my voice for the podcast? I actually do the opposite of that. I turn off everything that would boost my voice in any way for the podcast. So everything's at zero, and then I just turn it up. So I, this is as natural sounding as it can get. There are no effects or reverb or EQ or anything like that on my voice to make it sound better. And the podcast is probably closer to my normal voice than my other content, because when I'm making my other content, I'm definitely trying to raise my energy level. And as such, I think my pitch does go up slightly. There's more sort of dynamics to the voice, because you're performing. You are almost like on a stage and trying to bring the audience in to whatever you're doing. So it's a little bit more dramatic. It's a little higher in pitch. You're not really wanting it in these sleepy low frequencies that are going to help people relax and fall asleep and just kind of be bored. So I would say this is more close to my normal voice, but you can always go to my YouTube and see my sort of louder speaking voice and how it's different. I don't think it's too different. I just speak very, very softly naturally. And I never wanted to put on a voice here because the podcasts that do that annoy me so much and they kind of creep me out because if I want to listen to a bedtime story, I don't really want to feel like I'm being hypnotized. And 
no shade at all to those podcasts, but when everything is like this and it's just, I can't just read me a bedtime story. I wanted this podcast to be a very natural, the tucking you in, the reading you a bedtime story, nice and safe, in a child, just chill and drift off. It's not really meant to be even too ASMR-y. Any ASMR that comes from it is unintentional and is just a natural byproduct of my talking, which is another thing that through the live streams and the YouTube, lots of people say, you should do ASMR and this kind of stuff. Um, it's all just, I want it to be natural and organic and just comforting. So in terms of voice acting, the only voice acting that I've ever done that wasn't for my own videos, because in my own videos I read all of the characters' voices and do skits and stuff, um, was for a Roblox game, which is my first time doing voice acting for anything that's not my own project, for a game called Royal High. Uh, the creator was a viewer, I think, of the gaming stuff and a listener of the podcast, and they asked me to be the narrator for that game, so I did that. And I remember I sent a few different takes of sort of character voices, and they specifically said, you can just do it in your voice like you do for the podcast. And so that's how they wanted it to be. And so that's what I did. And then when it came out, there were some viral TikToks sort of saying, who is this guy? Who's this voice? Because they were enjoying it. Um, and that was really funny to me. And then on a lot of my videos, people would say, wait, aren't you from Royal High? which was pretty interesting and fun to have happen. I think I would love to do more voice acting in the future if the opportunity arose for that and I had the time. Growing up until about my mid-teens, I wanted to be an actor until I found music, and then I wanted to be in a band, and then I wanted to work in the music industry, and I was playing guitar. But until that happened, I wanted to be an actor. So I guess that would be one way of sort of fulfilling a little bit of a childhood dream and taking care of my inner child some. So, who knows? How tall are you? How old are you? Describe yourself. Okay. Let's play a game of guess how old I am. Take a number, regardless of where you know me from, if you know me from only here, if you know me from gaming stuff. Take a number and hold it in your head. Do I sound young? Do I sound old? Am I ancient like an ant? Sometimes I feel that way. Have you got the number? Okay. So I'm 38, which to me sounds young because I, <laughs> I feel young still, mentally, physically, sometimes. But because I make content in an area where most creators are in their 20s quite young, although a lot of people are growing up now, it makes me feel old. Everywhere we look, it's young people on the YouTube, on TikTok. So that can make you feel older. But I don't think I'm old. But a lot of people would say I'm old. I'm told I still look young, so... But that comes from working all the time and never seeing the sun like some sort of golem character. Um, it's a funny age to be, because some listeners will hear that and go... Oh my god, he's really old. And the older folk, because I know we have some of you, will say, what a young person, and how dare you say that you're at all old. It's a weird age to be, because I think both sides, both 
spectrum ends on either side of you are thinking the opposite thing. It's definitely an age where you still have to kind of come to terms a little bit with how old you are and that you are a proper adult now and have to do adult things. So, and my birthday's in July, so I am a I am a July Leo and a little bit of a typical one at times, but I'm not an extrovert, I'm an introvert. Um, I'm six foot three for height, but in terms of describing myself, um, I don't know how to do that. There is that masked reveal on the Instagram if you want some idea. It's from a few years ago. Um, as a description, tall, very dark brown, almost black hair. I would just say black hair. It's that dark. Uh, I have a face. It's a human face. I don't know how else one would describe themselves, but hopefully that works somehow. Where is your accent from and where in the UK are you? Okay, so I am from the UK. I grew up in the south of London in a place called Barnes, which I can tell you because I don't live there anymore, so I don't have to worry about people tracking me down. Funnily enough, that is the same place where Robert Pattinson is from, which is amusing to me with the Twilight readings. Fun fact, my friend was dating a guy for a while who was in a drama club or went to school with him, something like that, and he was always really jealous of his success because he felt like it should have been him, which I found amusing. But that's the only link to Robert in the area. But I guess now I voice one of his characters in a weekly podcast, so that's something. Um, it's known as an affluent area now, but it was a bit different when I was growing up. I grew up on the top floor of a block of flats, a council flat, with like help from the government, in a tiny little box room. Basically Harry Potter under the stairs, how big it was, it was tiny. Like, if you put your arms out, even as a kid, like, you could touch the walls. Um, but it wasn't arduous or anything, I mean, you're a kid, you don't you know, you don't know the difference. I lived there until I was 12 years old, and I was always comfortable. Uh, my mum was quite young, so I grew up watching her raise me and my sister, getting her degree and her master's in education. She became a teacher for children with special needs, and watched my dad go from working for others to starting his own business, so I'm grateful for those things. I think that's why I think anything's possible, and I just do stuff, and I don't tell myself that it can't be done, or that it's not going to work that no one's going to like it because of where we all came from and where we are now. And I have younger siblings who have had a completely different upbringing to mine and you can tell the difference. And that's not to say that they're spoilt because they weren't, but you can tell the difference. So I'm very grateful for how I grew up. It's given me a much better perspective on things. Another fun little tidbit is growing up in that flat, I was friends with the kid who lived on the bottom floor, and he was four years older than me, and his sister was older than him, and his sister was dating Tom Hardy, and so Tom was really good friends with that family, and good friends with the kid that I was friends with, who was four years older, um, which is another interesting, just little sort of London life, London living. Someone always lives somewhere or knows someone or is associated in some way with other people. One of my first jobs was actually sorting fan mail for Daniel Radcliffe. Someone I was dating's mother was dating his driver. This is how the connections go. And it was after the first films were just out, I think. And I wasn't a fan or anything. I didn't know 
anything about it, but it was just a job to have. And so you would get these big sort of bin bags filled with fan mail to sort through. Mainly, I think the job was making sure it was nothing weird and then saving the best pieces into one bag that would then go to him for him to look through and to keep. And we used to just sit on her living room floor and go through all of this amazing fan mail from people, which was really, really sweet and really wholesome. Um, It was strange how many people put little passport photos on their fan mail. There was really this feeling of them just wanting to be seen by him. It was a lot of the stuff from Japan that had that. There was a lot of it from Japan that came in. And that was like one of my first jobs I ever had. Um, Just another little random London life link. And I still live in the UK, but I'm not in Barnes because it's far too expensive for me. (laughs) So I am elsewhere now. Someone else asked, any pets, any siblings, dog or cat person? So I did mention I have siblings, so I'll recap. I've got two cats. I grew up always with cats. We got my first cat when I was two years old. At one time, living in that small flat, we had 14 or so in a little flat because my mom's huge on animal rights, rescuing, fostering, rehoming. I'm a big cat person as a result. I love dogs, but I am a cat person through and through. I've got one older sister and then three younger siblings, quite a distance between me and the younger siblings, 12 years or so, which is two little brothers and one little sister. And I used to read to my brother to help him sleep. A lot of horrid Henry, from what I seem to remember, and he liked those. And I have quite vivid memories of that, so I think I always enjoyed it. So it's funny that I ended up doing this. Uh, Are you well after being so ill? I'm okay. I still have a really lingering cough, which is making things difficult sometimes. I probably should have gone to the doctors and got some antibiotics or something. Uh, But it is slowly getting better. It did take me a full month minimum to kind of clear that. Um... And I appreciate everyone's patience when I had literally lost my voice and I couldn't record. I'm honestly just glad that I'm well enough to record and to work. So, thanks for asking. I hope you're well as well. What are your hobbies? I don't get a lot of time, unfortunately, to indulge in hobbies that aren't also work. Because my interests, I have fortunately or unfortunately turned into my job. I love books and reading, and that's become work, even though I love it. I love gaming, that's become work. And I love movies and TV shows, and that's kind of the last bastion of what I can really switch off with, but that is also becoming work sometimes. I have started working out recently, so I do that every day. I've started doing yoga as well. Does that count as a hobby? I need to do it more, but I've just done it for the first time. And I did really like it. So I'm going to do more of it. I would say it's less about having a healthy body. My working out, that is. Not just the yoga. And more about being mentally sane. I think once you start working out, you realize that people who are obsessed with the gym are really doing it for their brain more than their body a lot of the time. I do walk a lot. Most days I'll walk to the local pond and I feed the ducks. All through this year I was walking and feeding a family of swans. They had three baby swans 
So I bought some special food pellets called Quack Snacks, and I've been doing that since early June. But quite recently, they've become almost full adults. They're, they're in this kind of stage of the white of the swan is coming in over their kind of fluffy, darker gray look that they have when they're the babies. Um, and apparently five months, six months is now they're kind of considered like to be adult swans and they can leave even as juveniles. So one has completely disappeared and I was really worried about them. So that's why I looked that up and found that information out because I thought something may have happened, but it's very likely that they left to be on their own somewhere else and to start a family. And the other two and the two parents are still there, but one spends a lot of time alone in one of the smaller ponds. So, yeah, I've just been watching that. I, I love hobbies, and I would love to start more hobbies. I hope that you have a lovely hobby that you enjoy. I love hearing about people's hobbies. I want to live vicariously through other people's doings. Uh, but yeah, I should probably make an effort to have more hobbies in the new year. What kind of music do you listen to? Okay, I exposed my Spotify wrapped on my IG. There's a post there um, if you want to see the full list. But the top songs and the artists were all cinematic soundtracks and moving ambient pieces because I like to romanticize my life and feel like I'm the main character, obviously. Um, and then just randomly baby metal were in there who I started listening to this year. And my top five songs were all from the show Succession, like an obsessed loser. So I also love Japanese city pop, K-pop, metal, new metal and older 90s grunge, hip hop, classical music, 80s pop songs, and anything that makes you feel something leaning more towards make you want to cry is kind of my jam. Do you like board games? I would love to play D&D someday, and I do love board games in general. And by D&D I mean Dungeons and Dragons, for anyone who doesn't know. Pretty much all of Christmas is going to be spent playing board games and card games with my siblings and my family. We all love them, the siblings especially. So that's something to look forward to. There's one called Chameleon, which is really fun, where you have to bluff, like you're part of the group and you know what's going on, but you don't. And it taught me that I'm a terrible liar. I can't stop laughing, smiling, smirking. And so anytime I get that card that says you are the chameleon, it the game doesn't even start. People just look at my face and I just break out laughing. And they're like, it's you. We don't even need to play the game. So I really want to enjoy it and get into it. And you would think full of my improv and pretending to be characters and stuff that that would something I was good at, but I'm not. I'm terrible at it. I can't do it. Someone asked, what makes you blush? What makes me blush? That is hard to say, I suppose, on a family-friendly podcast. I've learned over the years to take nothing to heart and to take nothing personally, which includes the bad and the good. So being a creator and putting things on the internet, people will sometimes tell you that you're amazing. You're the best thing since sliced bread. They're your biggest fan. They love you so much. A month later, their life can change, their schedule changes, and you simply may never hear from that person again. It's kind of been a life of 
service, which I like, but then abandonment. So I had to teach myself to ignore not only bad comments, but good comments as well. Because certainly early on in my career, I would kind of take things to heart and I would think that people really liked me and liked what I was doing. And so as a result, you kind of feel a bit like they're your friend. And that kind of goes both ways sometimes. Obviously, it goes a lot the other way with parasocial relationships that people can have feelings for a creator or think that there's something there. But early on in my career, it does go both ways. And I would get kind of sad when people stopped showing up, you know. So I had to teach myself to just let everything go, the good and the bad. Doesn't mean I don't love hearing compliments. Tell me I'm great. But it's something I enjoy in the moment, and then I let go and I don't take it to heart. I feel that nice warm feeling and I take it on board and then I remind myself of where I am. I think I would only blush properly and in person in some kind of intimate interaction. Or if like a really beautiful stranger started talking to me <laughs> or asked me out. Something, luckily, I guess, that's never happened. That would turn me into a bumbling mess like a mid-90s Hugh Grant. Does your fandom have a nickname? So in gaming, my logo or my mascot is a pink bear. So that community is called the Bears. My community is Bear Island. Everyone is a little bear if they subscribe to the channel. And I'm Papa Bear, I guess. Um, we don't have one for DTS yet, for Down to Sleep. Sometimes I call it the Sleepy Book Club, but that's just like my own little nickname for it. So, I don't know. What do you want me to call you? What's your favourite book ever? My favourite book is probably The Little Prince, which I read for the first time recording it for this podcast. And it hit me in ways that have never left me. I think it's a really, really special work with some beautiful quotes in it. You become responsible forever for what you have tamed is definitely one of the highlights of that book for me. I also really loved Dorian Gray by Oscar Wilde. It was so flowery and romantic, and that's probably been my favorite to read, and that's my favorite style to read, I think. I would love to read more books like that, that just feel all flowy and kind of majestic. What are three books that you think everyone should read? Well, I think everyone should read The Little Prince or listen to me read it because it's my favorite. Another book recently that had an impact on me is called Carpe Diem Regained, The Vanishing Art of Seizing the Day by Roman Krisnerik, which isn't like the greatest book in the world or anything, but I found it very helpful. It helped me reset. I read it a couple of years ago, two or three years ago, and then read it, started reading it again recently which I really like. It's a book that's kind of about making the most of your time here on this planet, and I like that. One I'm just getting into is a book based on this Japanese cultural concept called Ichigo Ichie, which means one time, one meeting, or sort of once in a lifetime. It comes from Japanese tea ceremonies, and the idea is that every meeting is once in a lifetime, and it can never be replicated. So even if you had the same guests and the same tea and the same circumstance and the same time of day, it would never be the same as the previous day. Each moment is special and every moment has the potential to be, and kind of is, a once-in-a-lifetime experience. 
I found that speaking to my own beliefs and sort of ideals that I have before knowing that it was that thing. So having a name put to it was kind of interesting. And I realized that I've only said one storybook there, but in terms of storybooks, I'm kind of reading all of the other ones that I think people should hear and I will continue to do so, I guess. So those are just some recent ones that have helped me. I do quite like readings of self-help stuff. I would I would like to maybe do something like that on the podcast in the future or something a bit more like life-affirming affirmations, coaching books, just to read them to maybe help people as well. You can kind of drift off whilst getting some advice in certain ways because um, I feel like stuff like that has helped me a lot in the past. Favorite and least favorite book to read on the podcast? Favorite book to read gonna shock you. Twilight. I'm very comfortable with those characters now, and recording it goes really smoothly, and I really enjoy it. Kind of enjoy it. Love a bit of romance, so enjoying that one. Least favorite so far is Pride and Prejudice, because it was a nightmare to read. It's just so much dialogue, almost written like it's a play or something. It's very hard to read it aloud as a bedtime story. I would love to give it another shot sometime and go back to it and see if everything I've learned I can apply to it and make it work. But it was, I think, episode two or three, and it was just kind of a mess. Maybe episode three, because I think first was Alice in Wonderland, and I think episode two was Dorian Gray. But it was in those first five episodes, and it was very difficult. But I know it's it's very well loved, so maybe I'll try it again sometime. Or the episode that I did on Norse mythology, because I had to stop and look up every single name and place and word. And that was absolutely laborious. It was difficult. When you say goodnight, it sounds really sweet and personal. Are you thinking of a special someone? I'm thinking of you, obviously, and how grateful I am that you're listening and supporting me. All of you, not just the person that asked that question, of course, although they are included in that you. So, you. But no, I'm not, I'm I'm genuinely just saying thank you and good night to you. I know I sort of said that like it was a joke, but it's genuinely not and there isn't anyone special in my mind. What did you read when you were younger and have your tastes changed? I used to read a lot of science fiction and Philip K. Dick when I was young. I didn't own a lot of books growing up. I can remember like the book fair coming around and going to school but not having the money to buy any books. That's like a core memory for me that made me sad. And I, my memory is terrible, but I remember that. I remember book fairs and wanting books and not being able to get them. I remember liking Where the Wild Things Are. I loved Choose Your Own Adventure books. The ones where it would say at the bottom, turn to page 55 if you run for the boat. If you run for the church, turn to page 73. I haven't thought of that in a long time. I just unlocked a memory. I liked Very Little. When I was very little, I liked Spot the Dog, The Hungry Caterpillar. There's a book called The Jolly Postman that I remember. And then getting a bit older, reading Roald Dahl. And Jacqueline Wilson 
funnily enough. I don't know if anyone else knows her. When I got older, I would just buy books based on the cover because I just wanted to own them. And now I have shelves and shelves and shelves of books just because I was able to. So it's that thing of that core memory. And now that I can buy books, I just buy them whenever I want them. The typical thing of buying books and then not making the time to read them, which was another reason for starting the podcast, was because I love reading. And if I made a podcast or work out of it, because I'm a workaholic, then I would get to read again. So that's why I like the podcast so much. What's your next big dream or project? Next dream or project. I am a great believer in just doing things. That sometimes when we speak our ideas before they're cooked, they lose a little bit of that energy that helps them happen. You don't always then follow through. But I also believe that sometimes you can speak things into existence. So I will share that my next dream, I would love to get some exciting voice acting work. Because that's not something I'm actively pursuing right now. So it would be magical if that came along and fell into my lap. Maybe I'll put together a portfolio and send it out or something. I don't know. I do have some other projects for 2024, which if I get the time to really get rolling, you may hear about them once they're going. But for now, I'm focused on getting on top of what I have and trying to stop feeling like I'm spinning plates. Would you read true crime? I understand the morbid fascination with it, and I do agree with people that I think my voice could suit it, according to them. If I did, it would be separate to this, because it's not the same vibe, even though I'm sure some people listen to it to fall asleep, and that's fine. On a personal level, I'm quite sensitive to it. If I read the wrong news article, that can kind of ruin my day crying like I'm some kind of noir detective that's seen too much, you know? I despair for people in the world sometimes, so I try to avoid it, but I do get the fascination, and I've had, you know, a fascination with it at different times. It's kind of that human element. You know when you, like, watch a movie on a serial killer, and then you want to know the real story, so you kind of go down the rabbit holes? That's as much as I'll do. It's not really a, like, a full interest for me, just because I am so sensitive to it, and it does kind of have an effect. But if it was work, I could do it for sure. Do you ever feel sleepy when you're reading? Sometimes, because when I'm recording, it's usually 2am or later. It's actually 2am right now. So I do feel a bit sleepy and in the zone with you. But um, I don't fall asleep to my own voice or anything. I certainly don't put the recordings on and listen to them when I'm sleeping. That would be psycho behavior. But I do feel sleepy with you, yeah. Sometimes I record in the afternoon, though, so then I'm fine. I guess I'm immune to the uh, sleepy dust of my own voice, but I'm glad that it works for others. Do you have a routine to prepare you for reading? Not particularly, but I do occasionally listen to a slow song or some lo-fi or something with a low BPM to just bring 
the breathing down, the heart rate down, slow things down to the pace that it needs to be. My work through the day is pretty frantic and non-stop. Editing, 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 coming up with ideas, recording, recording, putting stuff out, rushing to get jobs done for people. So it's good to sometimes take that minute before I read to you. But other times, if I'm already in that space, I can just hit record and go. I don't need to do anything. What helps you wind down and sleep? I like to listen to the sound of rain. That is why the rain readings are so prevalent on the podcast, because that's what I personally love and enjoy, as well as slow ocean waves. I don't listen to them with readings on them. I just decided to incorporate those two things because... I myself listen to purely sounds of rain occasionally when going to sleep on those nights when it's, you know, your head's spinning or the voices get to be too much and you just gotta have something. Otherwise, I scroll TikTok until I fall asleep with it in my hand and accidentally DM someone a random video because I fell asleep with my phone in my hand and my thumb on the button, you know. Do you listen to other readings? I don't. I've actually never listened to a single audiobook, which is stupid of me, probably. I've never sat and properly listened to anyone else doing what I do either, because A, I don't really like anyone else's voice enough. Most of them do the hypnotist shtick, which I can't stand. I know there are some that don't, but I'm just, I'm not really interested, and I also don't want other people's work to affect my own. I always like to be doing my own thing and having my own ideas and my own vibe. So I don't really want to be influenced. Are there any words that you don't pronounce right or that you avoid when reading? Quite a few. I don't avoid any. I'll try my best. But I'm kind of notorious in my other content for mispronouncing words to the point where it's a bit of an in-joke. So quinoa becomes quinoa. And... I can get away with it on my other content, which is a little bit silly. In audiobooks, I think it has an effect. So I do stop and Google things and learn how to pronounce them as best as I can. I know I still sometimes get things wrong, but I'm trying my best. The word that I struggle the most with and did for a long time is sim similarly. Sim simil similar similarly. Similarly. I think it's similarly. Similarly, they they were... Anyway, when I do that one, it usually takes a good few takes. And that is the next question, actually, is how do you record? Do you do multiple takes and do you mess up? And yes, I do. A lot less than I used to. But I do often stop and go back and redo a take if I'm not happy with it. It doesn't have to be a mess up. Sometimes I'll just realize that the the line was meant to be delivered in a slightly different tone and I'll go back and do it. So I record at home in my office space where my PC is set up. It's not soundproofed or anything. I open the wardrobe that's behind me. It's just filled with my clothes, which helps with the sound bouncing off the walls. I actually have a degree from university in audio technology and business. Um, and my lecturers would probably have a fit if they saw my setup and how I'm doing things because it is amateur hour, other than the quality of the microphone, which I spent a lot of money on. 
but yeah, if I mess up, I go back and I redo the line. But I've got a lot better at it, and it depends on the book. Some are so much easier to read, and they flow a lot better than others. And some people asked if I read digital or real books, and I'm reading from the Kindle app on my PC. I have both a Kindle and I have Kindle on my phone, but I read it from the PC, and that's been very helpful. Will you show us your setup? What the vibe is like? Do you have a cozy setup? I will try to remember it at some point and share it to the Instagram for the podcast, which is Down to Sleep Podcast on Instagram. It is not a cozy vibe. It's always very messy. But if it's clean in the future, I will take a little video and try and remember. I'm actually planning to redo my room and my whole setup. So maybe when I do that, I'll want to show it off. We'll see. Can we have a community space or a Discord? Um, so as the podcast has grown, people are getting a little bit more bold with their opinions on what I should read and what they're unhappy with when I don't read what they want me to read. Um, if someone isn't messaging me or commenting that I don't read Twilight enough, it'll be someone messaging me and telling me that I read Twilight too much. So I don't want to invite more of that. And I feel like if I had a Discord or a chat room, it would just be that. It would be people saying stuff that I should read and influencing it, which is all well and good. Like, I don't mind people suggesting a book to me in a comment. I just don't know if I want a community space to be that. So I've been a creator for 10 years. I've had a community and I've been in discords. I have a discord for the gaming. It does just become another thing to manage and to deal with. In a perfect world, we could have one and it would be lovely and nice and it would be filled with Twilight memes but it's the internet and it never really goes that way in the end. It would be nice. I mean, I would, I would love to connect with all of you more and have the opportunity to kind of exist more in a space with some of you, but I, it would have to be down the line at some point when I'm really on top of things and everything's just rolling nice and smooth and there isn't that kind of thing, but who who knows if that'll happen? I mean, I would like to. It's it's not because I don't want it. It's just because I've seen how it goes and I'm trying to avoid that. So I'm right there with you in that I want to connect more with you. And it's just a matter of it being the right time. Favorite Twilight characters. Least favorite Twilight characters. Okay, so I may be a little bit biased. But I love Edward. And... Is that mostly because I've been compared to him before? Yes, but also no. He's just a great character. I love voicing him. I love the way that he's written, the way that he speaks. And I was thinking about this today, actually, on my walk. Yep, just walking around thinking about Twilight, as you do. And I was thinking, Jacob is a boy with a crush. Edward is... A man in love. That's what I was thinking about on my walk to the Tuck Pond today. Because here's the thing. Jacob, yes, I believe he loves Bella. I don't think it's the same kind of love. I don't think it's as powerful or as real. It is that first love kind of love. It's that heady chemistry crush 
where that he thinks that she is his world and that he's loving her as best and as hard as he can and that she's his everything. But this story, to me, 100% in 10 years' time, Jacob would look back on his crush on Bella and he'd roll his eyes and he'd go, oh, man, I was so... I really loved you. I was so silly, you know? I thought I was so in love. And and he would then be married and have kids and stuff and realize that it's not the real deal. Edward would die for Bella a million times over. A million times out of a million, that vampire would walk into the fires of hell to save her. That's real love. That's true love. He loves her on a level that Jacob doesn't even understand or probably have the capacity to yet. That's that's my take on it, if I was kind of reviewing the situation. And I like Jacob, he's a good kid, but it's Edward, it's Team Edward. So Edward, Carlisle, I like, he's fun to voice as well. And Charlie is good, good stuff. I like Charlie, Team Dad, I guess, or Daddy. And Bella is fun to read, of course. Least favorite would be Bella's friends, just because she needs to get new friends. I don't think they're very nice. Do you enjoy the series, or is it a bit silly? Well, if you can't tell from me thinking about it on my walk today, I really enjoy it. And I've read that first episode. It was kind of meant to be a joke for a Halloween episode. And it did really well. And it's gone on to be the most successful book and reading on the podcast in the history of everything in three years. So that's funny. And it's been a lovely surprise. And I've got really into it. And I'm glad that I will get to keep reading them. And I and I do hope, for those of you that might be listening where, you're, where you hate Twilight, where Twilight's not your thing, um, it's done a lot for this podcast and it's brought a lot of people to it and a lot of support. And I personally enjoy it. So I would like your understanding with it, and I, I try not to let it get too much in the way of other readings. And my eventual plan would be for it to be just like an extra reading weekly, and to get more books out. I know that there's a lot of frustration when it comes to the book selection and getting through them. What I would remind people is that when I started this podcast... I wasn't trying to read the whole book. Every single week was a new book, and I would read the first few chapters, and that was it. There was no plan to do full audiobooks. It was only through the response that it got, and because people asked me to, and that was kind of what did really well. People were saying, I would love to hear more of this, and I wanted to read more of stuff, so I would start going back. And that's how I ended up with way too many books on my plate. Because I wasn't ever planning to finish every book. But people seem to want me to. So now I have lots of books that I need to finish. And that's why. And I really am trying my best um, to make you happy and to get all of them done. So we just finished Howl's and we're very close to the end of New Moon. So it's going, we're getting there slowly, but it's taking some time. And just being so busy with everything else, but... I am trying. What's it like reading as a man lusting over Jacob, etc? Um, I'm fine with it. I immerse myself in video games 
and anything that I'm doing, regardless of a character's gender or orientation. Um, so I can objectively feel the emotions of characters regardless of how much it lines up with me personally and can appreciate how they feel about people and it not be weird. I guess I'm just, I'm really comfortable with where I'm at and who I am. So I can appreciate all kinds of people and their feelings and different walks of life. So I can get into it. No problem. Objectively and subjectively. If money wasn't an issue, what book would you buy? I would love to start collecting books that we finish on the podcast. I've been saying I was going to do this for a while. So that every time we finish a book, I want to buy a really nice edition of that book. If money wasn't an issue, it would be a first edition of the old books. That would be cool. Like a first edition Alice in Wonderland or Wind in the Willows. Dorian Gray. The classic ones. That would be really special. And expensive. Do you dream of having a library of books someday? I probably own enough books to have a little library room. In one room of my home, there is just a massive kind of wall of shelves, which is filled mostly with books that I've kind of collected over the years. And then a lot went into storage and some went to the charity shop. But I am planning to sort of redo my setups and some interior decorating next year. And part of that would be a nice book area as well as an area to listen to vinyl. I should have said that in my hobbies. I collect vinyl, gaming vinyl soundtracks usually. I don't know if that's a hobby. It's just shopping. Anyway. Favorite movies or TV shows? Favorite movies? Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Scott Pilgrim. Jaws. I also really love Spirited Away. Silent Running. Logan. Star Wars. Lord of the Rings. Fellowship is the best one. And... Everything Everywhere All at Once is a more recent one that I watched that I really, really liked. Favorite TV shows in no particular order. Lost is amazing. The Sopranos, The Wire, The Leftovers, Six Feet Under. And for some lighter funny ones, Freaks and Geeks, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And to go back to childhood, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air with Will Smith. There's loads of movies and TV shows that I like, so the list changes often, but that's kind of the ones that I think I would pick to summarize. What about doing the podcast has surprised you the most since you began? Is it number of followers, most requested books, etc.? Definitely the success that it's reached organically. I haven't done any advertising or promotion for it. It's just kind of found its audience. And... What I'm proud of is I really wasn't sharing it on any of my other channels at first. So it was finding people naturally from YouTube, from Spotify. Um, and there was no kind of, oh, I know him from this, so I'm going to go over there. Like it started very, very organically. And this year we've just had kind of insane growth, mostly from being shared and word of mouth. And that's amazing because I, I thought I was going to have to learn how to do traditional marketing and that was scary <laughs> I did make a TikTok and an Instagram for the podcast but I haven't done much with them and I, I would love to get more into that in the new year and start posting on there more regularly and try to 
grow things there just for fun. I like making short videos anyway. So I'll probably start posting excerpts again. I did it like a year ago and then I kind of fell off from doing it because I get so busy, but I would like to invade TikTok with what we do and book talk specifically. How do I get big on book talk? Tell me. Send me a message and tell me what's good what's good on book talk, you know? Do you think you would ever do commissioned readings, scripted pieces, personalized pieces, encouragement, pep talks, a short story written by the person commissioning, etc.? Uh, someone asked me to be their alarm clock recently, which has happened a couple of times. That's cute. There is, uh, there is a Patreon shop now where we could sell things as little downloads. So who knows? Affirmations coming soon. Good morning, darling. Uh, in terms of commission or being paid to read stuff specifically, again, it's a time issue where I probably wouldn't want to um, put that out there. Uh, there was for a short spell a Patreon tier where you could get that tier and request a book and tell me to read it and I would read it and nobody ever used it and then the podcast got bigger and so I turned it off because I was too busy with too many books and I couldn't have any requests come in but when it was there nobody used it and that was a time when you could do it and just make me read anything but not now but I guess let me know if you want me to do affirmation-y kind of stuff and alarm clocks or pep talks. I would just need the script. I don't know how good I would be at coming up with it off the top of my head. I could probably do it. How long would that have to be? Here's a 30 second recording of, you're doing so good. You've got this, you're amazing. POV, Edward tells you what a good little vampire you are. Uh, it's. I mean, maybe. Never say never, I guess. How do you have time for all the different jobs that you do, all the editing? I hope you make time for yourself too. Well, I am secretly a vampire, so I never have to sleep. I just work 24 hours a day. And as much as I wish that was true, I uh, just work really hard to my detriment sometimes. I definitely need to get better at managing my time. But I, I have got much better. It's something I really, really worked on this last year. Back when I was streaming, I would never take a day off. I used to not take holidays because I felt like I had to be there. I felt so responsible for being there every day and never wanting to let anyone down. And so I just burnt myself out. By not, I didn't take weekends. It was every day. I was there for at least four hours, usually more, usually six plus, eight plus hours. And it had a real effect on me. So it took me a really, really long time to kind of rewire my brain, to even allow myself to have a day off away from what I was doing. Because I'm just always trying to do as much as I can and be the best that I can for whoever wants it, you know, and that's something for me to work on, but thank you for hoping that I make time for myself. I will try to do it even more in the new year and to get better at organizing things. What's something you wish more people knew about you? Um, I guess without getting too deep, just that I'm trying my best and that I care about my work more than they know. And to the, to the detriment of many things in my life, I have put my creations first. 
and I'm fine with that. I'm okay with that. You know, that's my choice. Again, it's about service and I can help people and be of service by doing what I do. So it's pretty important to me and I will make sacrifices for that. Would you ever consider doing any adult reads? I totally understand if it's not your vibe. Well, I guess I'll always have that to fall back on if things go really, really badly, won't I? <laughs> it comes up enough. It's always going to be <laughs> a tempting backup should things get really dry. Um, but no, it's not on the cards for me. Um, but I, I do like romance and I like a bit of spice in terms of if there is something I could read that is not actually filth. Um, but it, if it has a little bit of those leanings in a kind of polite way, I'm okay with that. You know, if something has a bit of romance or some scenes, that's fine, uh, but nothing super adult or smutty, um, not here, at least, and not for me for the foreseeable future. But thanks for asking. If that's something that you enjoy, that's perfectly fine. We don't judge. What's something that you lost? An item that you wish you could get back? Mm. Growing up, I had a Ghostbusters fire station, and I used it as a bedside table. And I loved it very much. And I remember one time I just came back from school or something and my mum's friend had helped out tidying and cleaning my room for some reason and had taken it upon herself to throw it out. And I can still remember how devastated I was by that. It was such an odd thing to do because I was still very young and I don't know why she did that. So that's something that I would like to get back. I guess I could just go to eBay and buy one if I wanted to, but it's not the same. I wanted my one, you know, anything that I've lost of my own. So that would be mine. I love the Ghostbusters. And I, I loved playing my own little world with my figures. And it was always the center of all of my playtimes as a kid. All of my figures would be in that station or on the roof somehow. So yeah, that's, that's what comes to mind. Would you ever do a paid meetup book reading? I feel like that would be terrifying. I have really bad confidence in the world and don't like photos of myself. So a room of people looking at me reading, I think I might pass out. Uh, it's honestly, it's one of those things where I, my voice is being recognized more and more on TikTok these days from the podcast so it used to go the other way around that people would on the podcast say oh is this mad morph like i watch you play games because that was bigger now people find the tiktok and they say you're the podcast you're i listen to the down to sleep blah, blah, blah. um if i was ever in the real world like ordering coffee and someone said that they recognized my voice i would simply pass away i think which is why I don't show my face properly or cam or anything else for my other stuff because I know people who do and I mentored my little brother to become a YouTuber and he gets recognized and people take pictures of him and stuff like without him even knowing and that's my nightmare 
like at one time I did consider starting to use a webcam because not having a face does kind of hold you back and stuff on a lot of things. Um, but his experience and see, he doesn't mind it, but see, for me seeing what he goes through and hearing about it made me decide to never do that. And I love, I just love creating and it being about the thing and it being almost anonymous in some way. I like people recognizing what I do. I like the attention that that brings on the thing that I do. But in terms of on myself, when the attention is on me, I it's not at all why I do what I do. I know that people probably think influencers and creators, they're kind of self-indulgent and everything's about them. And look at me, look at me. And I don't have that. I'm kind of in the position that I'm in because I just love I have to create things. I have to do what I do, despite really not wanting the attention and feeling overwhelmed by it sometimes. Like when I really think about the fact that I have a social media account with like a million people on, or even the Instagram where it's like 200k, it's like terrifying. <laughs> it's like, it's crazy. So I like to be as anonymous as possible, as much as I can. Sorry, I went off on an absolute tangent there. So would I ever do a paid meetup or book reading? I mean, we can put a screen up and we can do it. We'll do it live, but it'll be, I'll be behind a screen or in a mask. Nice. Someone asked, do you struggle with mental health? I would say yes, I do personally. It's probably a big part of why I create so much stuff all the time. And a lot of people shared through the form and also in messages and comments over the years how this podcast helps them through a rough time, with ADHD, through a bad situation, different neurodiversities, chronic pain and illness. And those are the comments that mean the most to me and that really make everything worth it, whether it's on the podcast or on the gaming stuff, anything that I do because I do know how it feels. And pretty much most of the things that people say, oh, this is helping me with this. I've been in those situations or I'm in those situations, you know, and I know how important it is. And so it means a lot to be able to help in any way, even if it's a tiny, tiny way of it just helps them get to sleep a little bit quicker and someone appreciating that and it helping them is huge to me for anyone who feels that way, which I think we all do at some time in our life, you're not alone. Even on this podcast and listening to this, there are many, many people who feel just like you. They feel it too. And my favorite thing to say is this too shall pass. Good or bad, this too shall pass because it will. However you feel right now will not last forever. So you just keep going. Whether it's something small or something big, the way out is through. You just keep going and you never give up. And one day you emerge on the other side of it all and you'll feel much, much better. Until that day comes, you just keep finding the things that keep you going, keep you grounded or help in any way. 
And if this podcast helps anyone, I will continue to be there. So thank you for joining me. And that is where we close this episode of Down to Sleep, as that is the final question. Thank you as well for all of the amazing book recommendations that came in with these questions. Some of them I had forgotten about and I will absolutely be putting onto the list for next year. Some great, great suggestions. So thank you. If you've made it this far, I hope you enjoyed it and that it helped you relax a little bit or just learn a little bit more about me. I don't know. Just a fun thing to do for 300 episodes and I hope you got some use out of it. Until next time, thank you so much, and good night.